just want to encourage you that, that as we close out this year and head into a new year, expect God to show up. I originally was going to do like an end of the year type of message today and then, you know, do the, the official uh, new year. Let's do all our resolutions. Let's, let's run into this, you know, let's go into this together uh, next Sunday. But I felt like, like today would be a good day for that because today is a good day. It, it's like a launch. It, it, it's it's kind of like, a, like a, a ramp, if you will, into the new year. Um, and, and that's why we're going to be starting a series today called Greater Things. And I know it's going to be at least three weeks, but it could be five. I'm not just not quite too sure where God's going to lead us with this because I'm kind of just kind of listening to his voice on where he wants us to go as a church with this. Um, and also, uh, one of the things that we're going to talk about is how to overcome obstacles and walk in the plans that God has for us. Because oftentimes that's difficult. Like we have a hard time hearing from God. We have a hard time figuring out whether or not is that you, God? You know, and so I'm hoping that this series will help us all out in, in that area. And then for those of you that are just itching to get back into that Revelation series, the book of Revelation, like I am too. I want to get back into it. We may get back into it in February or we may wait until after Easter. I'm just not sure yet. But just know that it's on my mind too. Um, Easter's early this year, so we'll be doing our, what I call our Easter giving series in March. And that is where we talk about the three international missions that we support, Vietnam, Haiti, and Brazil. And then for Easter, we take up an offering to support those missions. So we'll be doing that in March. So there's a lot of exciting things coming up that we're going to talk about here on Sundays um, that I'm, I'm really excited about as well. So, but today, as part of our Greater Things series, we're going to take a look at what it means to dream big and trust God. Dream big and trust God. Because some of the biggest lessons as a Christian, for me, have been to trust God when I don't understand what is happening. I have learned the most about life, about God, about my relationship with Him, when I don't understand what is happening. Trusting God when we don't know what's really happening is not the easiest thing to do, right? And that's why it's very important as Christians that we have good, solid people around us when it comes to those chapters in life to help us navigate through the journey that God is leading us on. Amen? And that's why we always plug small groups here, which, by the way, we have one that started up a few months ago, Ted and Noemi Parker, and it's, it's geared towards prayer, intercessory prayer, and, and just, just prayer in general. We have another marriage group that's getting ready to start up, and then we, have, we may have another uh, community group starting up. So we've got small groups starting up here, and I want to encourage you that if you're not a part of a small group, become a part of one. Because when you get to a chapter in your life where you're not too sure what's happening, a small group is a good place to help navigate through life with that. Small group, people in your small groups, they can help you with that. Because a lot of times what happens is there's somebody in the group who has been where you're at. And they might have a little piece of advice that's another little piece of the puzzle that you're walking out with this journey with God. You know, I recently cast uh, uh, the vision that I believe God gave me for the next year of the church with our staff 
uh, back in November. Every November, we do kind of a, a little review of, of how the year went. Should we do this again? Should we not? Should we, you know, whatever. But then uh, we cast a vision for the next year. And we, we, we formulate the calendar, classes we want to do, events we want to do, what do we not want to do. And when I was in Brazil for the mission trip that I do every year in August, I, I, this was a little bit different than a normal trip, and this was a little more relational, so there wasn't as much work to do that, that we normally do, which means I wasn't taking as many pictures and documenting all the hard work being done. Um, but I asked God, I said, Lord, you know, well, while I'm here, I, I, I would like for you to begin speaking to me about the vision for next year. And he did, little bits and pieces at a time. And it, it, was, it was amazing. Um, and here's what I can tell you. This, this is, I expected God to speak to me, all right? And I expected him to speak to me in a profound way. And at first, I was kind of like, all right, this is good. I, I hear you, Lord, but not quite profound. And then as the days went on, he began giving me a little bit more and a little bit more. And I was like, now this is becoming profound. Like, and then, and then on the way home, I began typing all of this out, all right? And it all came full circle. What he first started speaking to me about, and then when he ended it, was, was it all came full circle. And here's, what, here's what, it, what it was, church. Not only did I, have a, did I have a vision for the next year of where our church is going to be, but this is the foundation of the next 10 years of where God wants to take this church. And so basically, and, and we have an all-leaders meeting, I think sometime in February, and I'll share some of this with our leaders, but it's the building blocks of the next 10 years. And for instance, some of you that have been here for many years, you can look around and say, the makeup of this church is much different than it was three years ago. We had a change in leadership. We had some other things happen. We have people coming and people going. And God is bringing people to this church, and I believe he's doing something special. And some of us that have been here for a while, we're seeing that and we're pressing into that. And some of us that are coming we're figuring out what this Vineyard Association is all about. And so I'm really excited. I believe that God has, has laid, laid, given us the foundation of what, what we are to build the next 10 years of this church on. And, and, and this is after, this is, we just celebrated 45 years of doing ministry in this community. That's exciting. And so I want to encourage all of you to just be in prayer for that. Like, God, here's what I would encourage your prayer to be. What is my role in all of this at Vineyard Community Church? What is it that you would like me to do? For some of you, God says, I just want you to relax. I want, I want to, 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 to impart some of myself in you. And for some of you, he's, he's saying, I want you to stop sitting in the chairs. I want you to get involved. And for some of you, he's going to say, you're doing it. I'm pleased with you. We're all in different places in life, and that's what makes us this church family here at Vineyard Community Church. But when it comes to dreaming big and trusting God with those dreams, there's a verse that I think is a good verse to kind of start this whole sermon off with, and it comes out of Ephesians chapter 3, and I teach out of the New Living Translation, so it might read a little bit different than what you're used to, but it's Ephesians 3.20. 
and it says this, Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we can ask or think. See, see, it is God who accomplishes his plans through us. And it is God who is able to do more than we can infinitely ask or even think. Think of the greatest plans that you have for your life. And God says, I got more than that for you. More than that for you. I've experienced blessings like this in my life where it's like, oh my goodness, God, I was just asking for a little help. And not only did you help me, you blew me away. So, so dream big. Dream big and don't hold back because God doesn't. God's got the biggest dreams for us and he doesn't hold back when it comes to blessing his children. He is the one who gives us the desires of our hearts. And God is the one who will carry our dreams to fruition. He'll, he'll bring them to, to pass. And in the book of Revelation, when we started that series out, there's, there's a, a seven letters written to seven different churches that Jesus has the, uh, the, uh, the Apostle John write. All right? And one of the letters was written to this church in Philadelphia. And the church in Philadelphia was not a very strong church, but they had undergone some very heavy demonic persecution. And they stood strong in the face of adversity. And they persevered. And because of this, here's what Jesus said to them. I know all the things you do. And I have opened a door for you that no one can close. You have little strength, yet you obeyed my word and did not deny me. You know, a lot of these letters, a lot of in, in what was in these letters were kind of reprimands. But this is something that if I was one of these churches that received the letter, I kind of would like it to be like this. And when I read a passage like this, I myself, I want to be a person who lives his life in a way that Jesus can say, Chip, I, I, I'm really just, I'm proud of you. I, I'm pleased with what you're doing. I'm pleased with how you carry yourself. I'm pleased with how you represent me. And so I am going to open a door for you that nobody can close. Wouldn't you like to hear that from Jesus? Wouldn't you like to know that, that things that you have planned for your life line up with what God has planned for your life and he says you and I are going to walk through this door together and the gates of hell can't close it how about that well we can be that kind of a person it's just a small little caveat we have to stay true to God's word we have to stay true to the word of God so that he can accomplish his purpose through us if we're not staying true to the word of God, we're going to hinder what he can do through us. So when we dream big and we stay true to God's word and we stay faithful to God's word, he will open these doors for us. And I, I, I see it like this. I see it like, like you know, when you, when you hold a door open for somebody and then you're holding it open and they walk right through. I see it like that. Jesus is holding that door open and you're coming through and there's nothing that will allow that door to close because Jesus is holding it open for us. 
now listen, maybe you're sitting here and, and, and you know, you're like, yeah, you're talking about dreaming big, Chip, and, and, and trusting God, and, but I, I've had dreams fall through. I, I've had dreams just, just it, it, I thought it was something big and it was going to happen, but it didn't. Or maybe, maybe you've had a, a, a dream and, 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 and it never really came to what you thought was its fullest potential. Or, or maybe, maybe you're kind of in a, in a different group and, and you're like, I am just not that creative to dream big. I, I, I just, I, I'm not a creative person. Or maybe, maybe you hesitate when it comes to dreaming big because of the fear of being let down. And these are all legitimate, legitimate kind of thoughts that we can have. But here's what I want to encourage you with. In the very beginning, we are told that we are created in the image of God. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it says, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now, I used to, to, to think, and I think, I think it's fair to say that, that our finite minds will always go here. Like, I'm created in the image of God. That's great. So what does that mean? Does that mean God has ten fingers and ten toes, two arms, two hands? Right? Like, like does he, do, do I look like God? Does he, does he walk like me? Does he, you know? Well, if we back up to verse 26 in, in Genesis chapter 1, it says, let us make mankind in our image. Now, when I first read that many, many years ago, I was like, who is us? I knew it. Aliens exist. <laughs> I did kind of have that thought, but like, who is us? Let us create mankind in our image. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They were all there. So when it says that we are created in the image of God, it means that we are a three-part being, just like God, the triune God, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We are a mind, body, and a spirit. Our mind is our soul. It's our intellect. Our spirit is the deepest part of us that, that God speaks to. It's the part that yearns to know our creator. It's the part that when we have this unrest within us that, that something just isn't clicking and I need more, that's our spirit crying out to get to know our creator more. And that's Jesus drawing us closer to him. So we're a three-part being, just like God is a three-part being. That's what it means to be created in the image of God. And then the moment we call upon Jesus... God's Holy Spirit fills us, and we are now, and He now gives us the God-given creative potential that all of us have. All of us are creative. We just don't think we are. Look at creation all around us, and you can see how creative God is. The sun and the moon and the stars, the, the, the ocean life. The ocean life that we haven't even discovered all of it yet. The plant life, all of that. How intricate and how precise all of it is. Earth is the only planet in our solar system that life can survive on. And if it's off just a little bit, none of us would be here. Think of how intricate the human body is. The stars and, and all of that, everything is placed just perfectly. 
for all of it to exist by a creator. And we are the only ones in all of creation created in the image of God. We are the only breathing creatures who have the capacity to dream up a business, to dream up ministry ideas, to be creative with arts and music and other talents that we have, entrepreneurship, things that, that God puts inside of us that, you know, even people who aren't living for God are, can be very creative people, and that's because God created them that way. We are the only ones in all creation with the mental capacity to plan for the future. Do we have any pet owners here? Your pets are not thinking about next month, are they? They're thinking about, when's mom and dad coming home? Because I'm getting a little hungry. The litter box is getting a little full. I need to go out. Animals live in the moment. They, they don't plan for the future. Human beings, we plan. We think. We create. Because we're created in the image of God. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. Whoever obeys the law of God is joyful. Whoever obeys this word is joyful. Without dreams and without a vision for my life, I am a dying person. I'm running wild, doing whatever it is I want to do, casting off restraint, perishing on the inside, dying. Because I have no direction that is connected to God's will for my life. And then, as a, as a husband and a father, then the same goes for my family. There's no direction. There's no will of God leading my family. And as a pastor, there's no direction for this church. We just, we just be doing whatever. And, and so for me, I must keep pressing into my relationship with Jesus to follow the dreams and to follow the plans for the path that he has me on, both personal and family and ministry and in life. And so my hope for us as a church, as a body of people, is that this sermon series stirs us up as individuals and then as a congregation of people, to dream big and to trust God. You know, it's, to dream big is one thing, and then to trust God is another thing. And when you tie those two together, that's when the adventure starts. When we press into the plans that he has for us, and we follow his lead in our lives as every day goes by. What does it mean, follow his lead? Well, first of all, it means we need to be in the Word. Actually, we also have our Bible reading plan for 2024. If you're not reading the Bible on a regular basis, I encourage you, pick one of these up. They're in the bulletin, they're throughout the church, and start reading the Bible. There's, if you're not hearing from God, start reading the Bible. 
I, I promise you, this is how he speaks to us. And then when you get used to hearing his voice through his word, you'll begin to hear him as you go through life. Start each day by saying, God, I, I, can you show me where you're at today? What is it that you have for me today? And as you go through life, you'll begin to see, like, is that, I think God was in that. And then ask him, God, was that, was, that, was that you? Did you give me that idea in that meeting? Did you give me that idea to, to you know, whatever in work? And you'll begin speaking. He'll begin speaking to you about these things. See, God is the ultimate dream giver. And he is creative beyond our imagination. All throughout the Bible are stories of God's imagination bringing people into his plan for mankind. We, we just, we're just coming out of Christmas, right? Is anybody getting ready to put their lights away? I got to do it. I hate doing it, but I make myself do it. And then I look out at nighttime, and it's totally dark in the front yard. Isn't it a good season, though? Well, think of the Christmas story. It's crazy, right? I, I said it a little bit in our Christmas Eve message, and, and because I heard another pastor say this in, in his Christmas Eve message. If it was just a normal story that Joseph and Mary were a regular couple and they got engaged and they had a baby and the baby turned out to be the son of God, would we, would we believe it? It's just a normal story. God made it so unbelievably creative that in a way it kind of wasn't fair to some of the, like Joseph and stuff. And it's just, just it's a wacky story. But it's a true story. How about this? imagination of gods there's a city over here called Nineveh who is living just they're running rampant they have no no vision for themselves they've done despicable things to the Israelites God says I want them to be my people I want to save them and I'm going to choose my prophet Jonah over here to go save them and Jonah says you know what you picked the wrong guy God I, I hate the Ninevites I don't I don't want to see them saved and if i go there i know what will happen they'll put their faith in you and i don't want that that's how much he didn't like him so he got on a ship and headed the other direction god says jonah i you know you're you're the guy for the job and and this is a great story if you're ever running from god you can find out what happened great storm comes and all these guys on the boat they start praying to their different gods and jonah says hey I'm the problem here. Throw me overboard. Everything will be fine. I'm running from God. So they do. Everything's fine. They start believing in God now. And this giant fish swallows up Jonah. You know, a lot of people don't believe this story. It, it sounds a little far-fetched. It's creative. Because God is creative. You know what, Jonah? I'm going to put you in the belly of the fish for a few days to think about your decisions. And then Jonah says, okay, Lord, I'm ready, I'll go. The fish throws him up on the, on, the, on the beach. I picture it like this. He's probably pale, wrinkly, right, like, like when you've been in the tub for too long. He's got seaweed and fish stuff all over him, and he heads to Nineveh. Disgusting. And he preaches a word. What does he say, I think? In seven days you shall be saved, or something like that, right? It's a one-sentence message he has. And all of Nineveh comes to God. 
a lot of people don't believe that story. Well, you, do you know who did believe that story? Jesus. Jesus referenced that story. It's true. It's so unbelievable that it's, it's, it's true. It happened. So, so God's imagination, he uses it all the time to, to bring people into his plan for mankind. You know, how many of us have had thoughts that have turned into a dream that were so unbelievable, we were like, this is never going to happen. And it did. You know, maybe currently you're thinking of something right now, and you're, and, and, and you're, and you're like, this is too far-fetched. When I have a thought like that that seems too far-fetched, I have an idea it's from God. Because my dreams aren't that big. I don't consider myself a very creative person. I'm not. But when God is involved, it becomes creative. Maybe you're sitting here thinking about a business venture that you're thinking about. Or maybe a new hobby just to keep yourself busy because there's too much downtime. Maybe you've been thinking about getting your finances in order for the new year. Hello? There was an announcement here about Financial Peace University. And we do offer partial scholarships for that. You, you get to have a little skin in the game. If you're thinking about getting your finances in order for the new year, there was an announcement to hear that God wanted you to hear. And it starts next Sunday. So block out that time and sign up and get your finances in order. Maybe... And I actually believe this might speak to somebody here. You had this thought that you were going to start sharing your faith a little more in the new year. And that thought scares you. Because that's not who you are. I'm not good at this. Well, that thought is God's Holy Spirit saying, I have a plan for you. And I'm going to pull you out of your comfort zone. You think Jonah was comfortable in that fish? God pulls us out of our comfort zones so that we can... Here's, here's the deal. God makes the impossible possible. See, all of these things that maybe you're thinking about right now, some of these things I mentioned, these are, these are what I call God dreams. And God dreams are where He is calling us into an adventure with Him. God dreams don't happen without God involved. Everything starts with a dream. Every, you, know, you know, Mike Petresky, I'm just going to call him out. Mike Petresky is walking out a dream right now with his business and, 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 and getting people in shape. I'll, I'll watch your videos. I don't work out just yet. <laughs> I have excuses. I have a lot of them, and I think they're legitimate. But Mike, you're, you're walking out a dream, man. And, and you know what? As I'm sitting here, God wants you to know, I've placed that dream in your heart. Mike, just follow my lead. You will succeed beyond your imagination, beyond what you ever thought it would be. So people are listening to you, and you're changing their lives. And God's going to bless that. We all have these dreams that, that God has, has put within us. And you know, the reason that we don't carry them out is because we don't think we can do it. We'll never know unless we try. Everything starts with a dream. And when we accept the divine guidance of our creator, we are joining him in the plans that he has for us. 
Ephesians chapter 2, you often hear me quote this because it's one that I hold dear to my heart. For we are God's masterpiece. We are perfect the way he created us. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. When you look in the mirror and all the flaws you see and everything you see about yourself that you don't like, God says, but I love that about you. Those aren't flaws. That's how I created you. And I love every little intricate part about you because I created you that way. And now that you're living a life for me, you're a new person in Jesus, now we are going to do the good things that I planned for you long ago. I already had plans for you, and at the moment of conception, I breathed life into your mother's womb. And you became a child, and you grew up, and then you invited Jesus into your life, and now the plans that I have for you are going to start, says the Lord. That's what that verse is all about. And then there's Jeremiah. Jeremiah is one of my most respected prophets because he went through so much for God. God said to him before he started his ministry, I know the plans I have for you. There are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Put your name in there because that is what God says to each one of us. I have plans for you. I've known them long ago before you were even born. And they were plans to succeed, not for disaster. Plans for a good future. Plans full of hope. Not despair, not discouragement. Hopeful plans, God says. And then, I would like to kind of follow that up with, the Apostle Paul had a prayer for the Ephesians when he wrote this letter to the church in Ephesus. And he starts it out with this prayer. And I would like this, this is my prayer for us as a church right now as we head into the new year. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope God has given to those he called. His holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. See, we are an inheritance of God's because Jesus paid the price for us on that cross. And the moment we accept him into our lives for what he did for us on that cross, we become God's glorious inheritance. And we become the ones that he wants to do life with. And Paul said, and I say, I hope everybody here, your hearts are flooded with the light of God so that you can understand the confident hope that he has for you. The hope that God has for us is not something where he's like, I sure hope they get it. It's a confident hope. It's a hope that says, I've planted this in you. Now let's walk this out together. Oh, and by the way, you have opposition on that earth that doesn't want you to walk in that hope. So get ready. You're going to need to rely on me. The confident hope gives us, the confident hope gives us, starts with a dream, with a vision. And we must trust God in the process. We have to accept the guidance he gives us and follow his lead on this journey in life. The reason it is a confident hope that fills our hearts is because when God gives us a dream or a plan to join him in something, he doesn't lay the process all out before us. It'd be easy if he did. 
When I said I had a vision for this, I thought the vision that God gave me was for the next year. And then as I'm, as I'm just kind of playing it out and talking to God, and, and he's like, this is, this is Chip. This is the foundation for the next 10 years. What you asked for something profound, I gave it to you. But I'm only going to give you the foundation, the building block for step one. I think it's a 10-year, I think there's 10, 10 blocks to it. 10 foundations or whatever, you know, we'll build on it. He doesn't give it to us all at once because we must trust the process as God's Holy Spirit gives us bits and pieces as we go. Think of it kind of like as a scroll. You unroll a little bit and you see it and you, and you, and you work it out with God and you're like, all right, this is good, I like this. And then a little bit more gets unrolled and a little bit more. And sometimes there's setbacks, and sometimes there's opposition, and sometimes there's obstacles, and sometimes we make a left when we should have made a right. God will continue to guide us and keep us on course as long as we stay close to him. And as each piece of the dream comes together, our trust process of hope begins. The trust process of hope begins. There's no better feeling, hopeful feeling, of knowing that you're walking out a plan that God gave you and seeing it succeed as you move along with it. That is the greatest feeling in the world. The success of a process like this causes hope and builds our trust in the process of God's plan, the dream he gave us. Our faith in God's plan creates hope. Proverbs 16, verse 3 says this. I, I, this is a life verse for me. Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Whatever we, we set out to do, commit it to God. When you lay it before him first, ask him about it. Seek his face. Seek his answers. God, is this what you want me to do? When you lay it before him, the Bible says your plans will succeed. Our dreams and our desires, the plans we have for the future, and our willingness to see them through is what keeps us growing in our Christian faith. Our willingness to see them through, meaning we've got to have a drive. We've got to be willing to, to, to push through the opposition. We've got to be willing to deal with the setbacks. You know, oftentimes what happens, we have a setback and we give up. The setback is part of the learning process. Our internal drive, our God-given drive, is what develops skills we didn't have when the dream was not yet a reality. We don't know what we're good at until we commit our actions to the Lord, and He brings those gifts, and He brings those talents, and He brings the skills that we didn't know we had to life. How many of you started out with a dream and, and you were like, there is no way I can do this because this isn't even me. I don't have the skills to do this. But as you move along in it, you begin to develop the skills. God dreams force us to rely on him as we grow beyond what we thought we could do. And so I kind of want to tie all of this together we're kind of rounding third and coming home in a, with a passage out of uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. 
And, and we'll read it, and then we'll put a little context to it. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to the Philippians. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. But I press on to, perfect, to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. So what he's saying here when he starts out by saying, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things. Prior to that, Paul was talking about he wanted, to, he wanted to have such an intimate relationship with Jesus that he wanted to suffer in a death very similar to Jesus's so that he could experience the resurrection of his body. He wanted to be that close to his Savior. I wanted to feel everything that he felt for me is what Paul was saying. But he says, but listen. Listen, guys. I have not achieved any type of perfection. I'm just like you. I'm figuring this out. And he continues to say that he, he to, to press toward the perfection of a life identified with Jesus. None of us are perfect, but we can work towards that perfect relationship in Jesus. We'll never get there this side of heaven, but we need to work towards it. Perfection will not take place until we're in our glorified bodies in heaven, and oh, what a day that will be. But until then... We've got all kinds of stuff we have to deal with. Sickness and, and aging bodies and tiredness and weariness and, and opposition and, and all kinds of stuff. And even our own. We're, sometimes we're our own worst enemy, right? But until then, we all need to press forward with the dreams, with the plans, the ideas, the vision that God puts on our hearts to do life and to further his kingdom here on earth. Often what happens, right, is that our past is what keeps us from walking in the full potential of our future. Our past is our biggest hindrance. I think Paul gives the greatest advice on how to handle our past and how to deal with our past. And if Paul was Italian, he would say, forget about it. <laughs> forget about it. Forget about it. When I read it, that's how I read it. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. But if anybody had the authority to speak on their past, it's Paul. You know, Paul, in our modern day times, was the definition of a terrorist. He went from door to door as a zealous religious leader, dragging Christians from their homes so he could torture them and kill them and get them to denounce their faith in Jesus. Think about the memories, the voices, the screams, the pictures he had in his head that he had to deal with. And he's saying, listen, it's a part of my past. I've got to forget about it. He can speak on this. See, we cannot allow the things of our past to define our future. And here's the thing, we'll never be able to erase the memories that we have, right? And to say to forget about it is often, is much easier said than done. It's a challenge. 
and it's a process. There are things, you know, that have been done to us, and there are mistakes that we have made that kind of haunt us, right? And we'll always have those memories. But we can receive healing and guidance from Jesus to help in the matter. God can help us deal with the process of, of our memories and how to handle that. I, and I fully believe, here's the thing, the past is a great tool to learn from, the mistakes we've made in the past. But also, things that have been done to us are things that God will use to help somebody else who is where we once were. I don't think God wastes our mistakes, and I don't think God wastes our bad experiences. When you have authority over that, let's say something bad happened to you, or you've come out of depression or anxiety or, you know, just, just a traumatic experience, and you've been healed mentally and physically of all of that from God, and you were able to process it and walk in a healthy mindset, right? And it's a process. It might take years. But when you finally say, oh, my goodness, I, I've, I've, I'm, I am at a place where this doesn't bother me anymore. Get ready. Because God's going to bring somebody into your life who you can now minister to. Because you now have authority over that. That's how that works. And so I think when Paul says in this passage, though, that, that he has not yet achieved perfection, he means that I am not yet who Jesus wants me to be. The Apostle Paul. I'm not yet who Jesus wants me to be. And neither am I. And neither are any of us. Because here's what that tells me. No matter our age, no matter where we're at in life, there is always another dream that God has for us. God will never be done to, with us until he welcomes us into heaven. And then it's a whole new adventure to start over with. There are always dreams and plans and things that God wants to do through us. And so the question is, are we available? Are we willing? So, as we close out the last sermon of the year, let's all agree, all right, today, let's all agree to press forward to what it is that Jesus is calling us to do in this new year. This is, this is beyond more than just a resolution. This is something that God has, something that's been stirring in your hearts. If the dream seems impossible, if the dream makes you nervous, if the dream requires the help of others, then the dream will take faith in God to accomplish. And maybe, and maybe the dream is saying, you are not yet who I want you to be, says Jesus. And, and if that's the case, then we must keep moving toward the dream that God has called us to receive through Christ Jesus. Because without a God-given dream to work toward, without a plan, without a vision, people perish. We run wild. We cast off restraint. And when this happens, we're no longer walking in our full God-given potential. And so my prayer is that God begins to breathe new life into our spirits, new hope into our spirits, and new dreams to accomplish 
through each and every one of us. And may this be the year that we, as a church body, become fools for Christ because of the dreams that we believe we can accomplish in his name. Wouldn't it be so cool that if Reynoldsburg was like, those guys over at Vineyard Community Church are crazies. They think they can accomplish so much, and then we do. <laughs> God is the one who makes the impossible possible. God is the one who gives beyond measure. And God is the one who has more faith in each one of us than we do in ourselves. So I'll close it out with this verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. So let us no longer rely on worldly wisdom, but on the wisdom from God alone. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. I thank you, Jesus, for this year. I thank you for some of us who have come out of a trial or a tribulation or or, or, or a rough patch and are heading into what we might think is smooth sailing. I thank you for making the impossible possible. And I thank you for speaking to each one of us right now today, God, in the plans you have for us. Breathe hope, breathe life, and breathe a possibility to what seems like an impossible plan we've been thinking about. And I pray this in Jesus' name.